0: Lost Talk Radio. All right.
1: Hello and welcome to a special Screen Picks podcast. I'm your host, Phil Wallace, in our Screen Picks studios in Los Angeles. We are going to break down every single one of the 23 Academy Awards. This is a must listen to if you want to win your Oscar pool. Uh, I'm your host, Phil Wallace. As I said, we are joined in Burbank, California by Kit Bowen. Kit, how are you doing? I'm good. Great. We're also joined in Spokane, Washington by Joel Amos. Joel, how are you doing?
2: I'm well. I'm well. Thank you very much.
1: Great. And joining us in Burbank as well, we've got Andrew Payne. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Great, great. We are We're going to keep this under an hour. That's my my hope and promise. We are going to go over all 23 awards. We're going to try to keep it tight. Um, So let's get right to it. We're just going to try to predict who we think will win. We're going to try to help our listeners win their Oscar pool, even the pool that we're all in. So giving Mm -hmm. away the secrets. Um, All right. First up, we'll start at the top and go all the way down. Best Picture. Nominees are American Fiction, Anatomy of the Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower, Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past lives, poor things, zone of interest. All right. Oppenheimer has won every precursor. I think it's the biggest best picture favorite, dare I say, since La La Land. Is there any chance Oppenheimer doesn't win this Oscar? (laughs) That's why I mentioned
2: it. (laughs) Any chance Oppenheimer Uh, doesn't win? I don't see a world where that exists. Yeah.
1: I was going to say it's the biggest best picture
3: favorite since Saving Private Ryan. (laughs)
0: Oh,
3: there you go. <laughs> again, again. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I agree. I'd be, I'd be incredibly shocked if it lost.
1: I mean, the fact is, you've got, uh, it's won every precursor. I mean, we we don't know if it won the Producers Guild tonight, but it, it probably will. It's won every precursor. You've got big budget, big big box office, generational filmmaker talent every, you know, World War Two film, you know, everything's kind of lined up for it. It, it deserves to win. Probably. Uh, the fact that like the holdovers could win, I just don't see it. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, best director, uh, nominees here, Justine Triette for anatomy of a fall, Martin Scorsese for killers of the flower moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for four things, Jonathan Glazer for zone of interest. I would say the only thing that's even more of a lock than best picture is Christopher Nolan for Best Director. Does anyone disagree? No. Nope. No, it is his time. <laughs> All right.
0: Um,
1: I, I I'm going to go on a limb. Best Filmmaker of the 21st Century?
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't
1: mean to get on right. topic too much, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean,
0: I would
3: say I if you're there. thinking about both Quality, like, quality, appeal, and box office. I I just – I don't think anybody touches him. Um, He's, like, the 21st century Spielberg. Granted, Spielberg. Yeah, essentially. He's, like, you know, he's, like, on that Spielberg, James Cameron, Robert Zemeckis, like, kind of that track. But, like,
1: yeah, I don't know. Is he better than
3: all Thomas Anderson? Like, I I don't know. But, I mean, in terms of, like – being just like, but Paul Thomas Anderson's movies don't all make a billion dollars. So I would say that yeah, in terms of blockbuster right. yeah. filmmaking, without
2: question. Well, I mean, he's got an incredible cast that he works with, amazing and fun. Well, everybody wants to work with him. But I don't think that's even it. I think what the big draw is, I think he's one of those rare directors that can open a movie on his name alone or her name.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. And there yeah. aren't many yeah. Very of those few people 21st can do that century.
1: anymore. Very few people can do that anymore. Um, All right, let's move on. And now here's where I think it starts to get interesting for your pool, uh, for our pool. Best Actor. uh, The nominees here, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. I think the odds makers were kind of leading Giamatti, but Murphy just won the, the BAFTA, and the SAG, and with those two, I believe Killian Murphy is now the clear front runner for this award. I, I certainly wouldn't count out Paul Giamatti, and I think Bradley Cooper at one point was the favorite for this award. But um, Kit, I'll start with you. What do you think, Best Actor?
0: Well, like I said, I, I was kind of waiting to see what happened with the SAGs, and since they went with Killian, I'm I'm now leaning more towards him. I mean, I thought maybe Giamatti, I think he's the only other person who who could, you know, rival Killian at this point. It's, it's really between the two of them. And I thought maybe they might go with Giamatti because, you know, of career, career kind of award, but seems to me they're going with with more of the... I mean, not to say that the performance that Giamatti gave him the holdovers holdover wasn't fantastic, but I don't... In my opinion, I don't think that's his best one. Um... Yeah. But Killian but Killian did such a beautiful job, so I think I think they're going with uh, with Merit on this one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Killian.
1: When, when you think of the great Paul Giamatti performances, this might be, like, third or fourth best. When you think of – I mean, not to say yeah. Killian Murphy has as many great performances, but this is his signature performance of his lifetime. Yes. Um, yes. For sure. Um, but uh, – yeah. Uh, Joel, what do you think? Best actor. Who's your money on?
2: Well, I'm, if I'm putting my heart earned money, yeah, I'd bet, I'd bet Killian. Um, I, I think uh, the movie doesn't, well, honestly, doesn't work without his performance. And I think Nolan knew it. and That's why he kind of wrote it with him in mind, even though he said he doesn't like to do that. Um, and I feel like it's just, it's kind of an Oppenheimer night. Like I, I we're going to get to it, but I think there are other categories that I think, uh is yeah. gonna carry the Oppenheimer uh name to the stage to accept and I think uh, I think Killian is is is, is, an, is another one of those folks. But I keep reading about how, you know, Giamatti of late has been making this a race and I don't I mean I love him in this movie, I love him in general, but I uh I uh, and interesting enough, they filmed the movie at my boarding school. Um, so I didn't know that when I watched it. And I was like, whoa, I'm having a oh, back here. Uh, uh, Northfield, Mount Hermon, and uh, Northern Massachusetts. Okay. And
1: um, I know they filmed it anyway, at five boarding schools.
2: Yeah, one of them was Northfield. And uh, there's just several scenes where I was like, whoa, deja vu. Um, but uh, I just, yeah, I just think it's, it's Oppenheimer's night on, on many, many levels. Um, well, my point was that I keep reading about Giamatti is making this a race, but I don't see the evidence. Like, he didn't win the sag. He didn't win the basket. Like, I'm, I'm wondering what these quote-unquote experts are, are citing and mm-hmm. saying that Giamatti's making a charge. I just,
1: I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Giamatti won the Globe, but, but so did Murphy, because remember, Giamatti won it for musical or comedy, right. not that I didn't even... Right. all the holdovers of comedy and then no. Giamatti did win the the critic's choice but that's you know that's not the same voting block so right. um Andrew, Andrew what do you think yeah I think to me the sag kind of
3: cemented it like I actually thought Giamatti right. was gonna win the sag um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: because he has been running yeah. like a very good campaign. I think it all kind of kicked off with the, the golden globe at the in and out burger that everyone was like, Oh yeah, we love Paul <laughs> Giamatti. Um, so he's like been making the rounds and I think he's been doing a good job, but it's, it's not only the SAG, it's also the fact that Oppenheimer won the SAG ensemble, which I was kind of surprised about because wow. it's like, you know, th- there's a couple of great performances in it, but it's not like one of those top to bottom, like, Oh, it's an acting movie, which tends to win that award. Um, So the fact that, like, that voting body is really, like, in love with Oppenheimer, it feels like, it it just seems like it's going to be Killian Murphy's night. I mean, it does remind me, like, there's been some good races the last couple years, like uh, Birdman, uh, Michael Keaton, when he lost to uh, uh, Theory of Everything, Um, and then, like, the Whale last year versus Elvis, like, this feels kind of like that, but... I feel like I feel like Killian Murphy is a more solid favorite than those other
1: years. Yeah, I, I have to say these this is yeah uh, powerhouse category this year. There have been some years lately where Best Actor hasn't been as good, but you know uh, right. uh, Jeffrey Wright I thought was fantastic in American Fiction. Uh, Bradley Hoover I thought was great in Maestro, even though I didn't like the movie. Um, so there, there's a lot of great performances here. I've, I've heard Coleman Domingo was great, but I didn't actually see Rustin so. Uh, but I'm with you guys. I think w- with the SAG award, when you have to go with Killian Murphy at this point. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. Best actress, which I think will ultimately kind of decide a lot of pools. Um, right. Because, uh, I felt okay. like the. Um, I felt like the odds were kind of leaning Emma Stone for Four Things. By the way, the nominees here, Annette dick for Nyad, uh, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of the Fall, Anatomy of the Fall, Terry Mulligan for uh, Maestro, and then Emma Stone for Four Things. So I felt like the odds were kind of leaning Four Things, Emma Stone. And then she goes out and wins the BAFTA as an American, you know, which which I thought really, really helped her. Because when an American wins a BAFTA, I think, I think that, that shows you can win with the international audience. Um, right. And then all of a sudden, you have Lily Gladstone last night winning the SAG for Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'm going to throw another wrench in all this, which is uh, Clayton Davis, our guy who's won, you know, been on our podcast before, won the pool before. He was writing that he was seeing all this late momentum around Sandra Huller, which was reminding him of uh, Anthony Hopkins for The Father a couple years ago. So Mm -hmm. um, now I'm stumped, but, uh, Andrew, I'll start with you. Best actress, what do you think? So
3: I was surprised. I thought Sandra Huller would win the BAFTA. Um, Like, it seems like BAFTA loved that movie. Like, Anatomy of the Fall got... It got a director nomination, picture, like it was all over the place. Um, and then Emma Stone ended up winning. And then obviously, yeah, Lily Gladstone won the stag and, and sort of in my mind, like I think the thing that has happened with the Academy in the last few years is it's become increasingly international. So yeah. the fact mm-hmm. that Lily Gladstone didn't even get a BAFTA nomination – Martin Scorsese didn't get a BAFTA nomination for that movie. It doesn't feel like, but it did get nominated for Best Picture uh, for BAFTA, which is kind of weird. But it does feel like that movie maybe isn't resonating as much with the international voting block as, you know, Poor Things, which is directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, like it's a very European-type film. Um, And they tend to vote more for, like, those auteur-driven films. That's where I give the edge to Emma Stone. I mean, the fact that she beat Sandra Holler for a BAFTA kind of makes me think. I don't know. I don't know that Sandra Holler really going to get enough momentum to to beat these two favorites. But I, yes. I I tilt towards Emma Stone because SAG is a much more American voting block, and the Academy is more international. So it feels like the international folks are going to honor Emma Stone. So I, I, I go with her.
1: Yeah, interesting, Joel. What do you think? Um, I think the the logic that
2: has been put forward by Andrews is, is flawless, but the academy loves it when they make history. Um, and in a, a night of Oppenheimer, almost predictability, I feel like the the potential shining moment on Monday morning people talking about the speech that Lily gave for winning this actress. And I just feel like, I mean, this is one of my, you know, was it my head or my heart telling me this, but I just feel like both are kind of in agreement for me that this is Lily's to lose. And I think that, you know, being the first native American to, to win this award is not lost on all the voters. And it's not that she doesn't deserve it. I think, you know, she was, well, by far the best thing about that movie. Um, but I just, I just think that's going to be hard to beat the sentimental favorite and the fact that they can rationalize it by saying, well, Emma's already won one. And she's young. She'll be back. She'll win another. Um, so I feel like it's, it's going to be Lily
1: it, you know, it's interesting. The FAG predicts the Oscar. I'm looking here, 79% of the time. So, you know, 21% of the time it doesn't. So, certainly the odds would tell you to pick Lily Gladstone, but it's certainly not a, not a, not a sure thing. Kit, what,
0: what do you think here? <laughs> well, I kind of have to agree with Joel a little bit. I think glad the Oscars do like like to have that big moment, and she'll, you know, and proving that she could give a great speech at the globe that'll be, you know, that'll be a contributing factor. It just is. Um, yep. So I, I tend to, to lean towards Lily too. However, you know, there's always I think that's the beauty of the Oscars is this. they they definitely go on merit as well, and and if I had to pick between the two performances, I would pick Emma Stone heads and tails over Lily Gladstone. I mean. She's she is quite good in Killers of Flower, but you know how I feel about that movie. <laughs> and, you know, half of the movie she's in bed is sick. So, you know, I mean it's it's it is what it is. But Emma's performance in poor things was the movie. So, you know, I would pick Emma all day long, but I I if I'm gonna play political and I'm gonna play, you know, whatever, I'd probably for money would pick Lily.
1: <laughs> I still think Lily Gladstone should have gone in as supporting actress. I think she would have won that, hands down. Yes.
0: But, yeah. Um,
1: which is originally what I what I thought would have happened. But I'm with Andrew. I think Emma Stone's going to win this. One, because I do think she has the international vote, and t- even over mm-hmm. Sandra Hüller And two, I I also think there's another voting block that still likes their young starlets, even though she's already won one before. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm predicting Emma Stone in a squeaker over, over Lily Gladstone. So, can so I, I ask a, a, a very, uh, can I ask a
3: spicy question? A very spicy question. I who, think- who does Emma, who does Emma Stone want to win? Does she want to win, oh. or does she want Lily Gladstone to win? I think she would prefer it if huh. Lily Gladstone won
2: to her. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> she's already won. Yeah.
3: Like she's already won yeah. one, and I think that she'd probably prefer seeing the history, but I, I wonder what everyone else
2: thinks. Yeah, well, I agree. Maybe I she wants I Annette
3: she, Bening to win.
2: I think she would be the first to jump to a feet and applause.
3: Annette Bening's performance in that movie was fantastic. I mean, that the, the the level of physicality that performance required, like I think people forget about that with acting, that like, it's about what like your body is doing on screen as well and like what she had to do for that movie all the swimming and the exercising and then like the end when she gets out of the thing and like has to like you know act like if your body is jelly like that was a great performance too i mean i think
0: this is yeah, a, this
3: is a stacked category this year <laughs> don't forget yeah, she's 65 years account.
1: old yeah um yeah
0: she all right we got a she's, she's tour de force yeah
1: We've got to pick up the pace a little bit. Best Supporting Actor. Um, I'm not going to read the nominees. Robert Downey Jr., he's winning, right? Yay! Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Best, best Supporting Actress, Divine Joy Randolph, has won every precursor to the Holdovers. Yep. She's winning, right?
2: She's winning. Absolutely.
1: All right. Let's move on. Best Original Screenplay. Um, nominees here. Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May December, and Past Lives. Um, Kit, uh, I think your husband still gets to vote in the Writers Guild, so I'll start with you. Uh, best original screenplay. Who do you got?
0: I'm going with Anatomy of a Fall, <laughs> hands down. Okay. I mean, you're talking about Sandra Huller as a as as a you know performer. She was. She was brilliant in this movie, and, of course, she also had Zone of Interest on her side as well. But um, it was really the words she was saying. I mean, I just thought that was one of the most brilliant scripts I've, I've had the pleasure of watching in a long time. So I, I'm all on the anatomy of a fall side.
1: Yeah, it is an interesting race. It seems like maybe a two-horse race between that and the holdover. Andrew, what do you think?
3: I I think it's anatomy of a fall. I mean, it won the BAFTA in this category. It won the Golden Globe. Unfortunately, we don't know what's gonna win the Writers Guild because the Writers Guild awards are for a month after the Oscars this year for some reason. Um <laughs> but yeah, it, it feels like it has all the momentum and, and like Kit was saying, I think that the voting block is going to want to award this movie and like I don't know that I buy into the Sandra Huller momentum. And this seems like a, a right. very obvious place to, to award this movie.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I tend to lean your direction, Joel. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I basically I would have said the same thing that Andrew just said. I mean, this is the perfect place to honor that movie and feel safe that you can go to bed that you did the right thing that that movie did go home with an Oscar.
0: <laughs> all right. It's all good guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Best Adapted Screenplay, you've got uh, American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Zone of Interest. Um, Now, lately, the movie that wins Best Picture tends to win Best Screenplay, which would set it up well for Oppenheimer, uh, if we all agree Oppenheimer's winning Best Picture. Is there any chance we get a Barbie or American Fiction upset here? Um, Joel, I'll start with you. Um, there's a chance.
2: I'm reminded of uh, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumb. So you're saying there's a chance? Um, <laughs> like, I I think that you know, Barbie's got a shot, and you know, who knows? You know, to Try to analyze the psyche of the of a, an entire voting block, but I feel like you know they feel the sting a bit of, of that perceived snub of. Uh, Greta and Margot, you know, maybe this is a way to make up for that. But I, I, I mean, first of all, Barbie shouldn't be in this category. I mean, what what was it adapted from? A, a doll that's no in a box. I mean, that's not a movie. Um, I think we'd be having a different conversation if it was an original. But I just, I think that, you know, it's, it's Oppenheimer's to, to lose. Yeah,
1: and. That, let's be honest. I mean, it's a great script. I think, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, Kit, what do you think?
0: Oh, God, um, yeah, it probably will be Oppenheimer. But don't don't be surprised, guys. Do not be surprised if Zone of Interest wins. I'm just putting mm. it out there. Oh, Although I guess really? it probably will win foreign film too. I suppose it might be. You know, right? It's it's nominated for foreign, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's probably. <laughs> that's probably. That's probably going to win. Yeah, but I'm just saying there is there is just an inkling of of that in my head just because of you know the subject matter and whatnot and how the Oscars always seem to award, award those kinds of films. So I mean, I, I doubtful I'd put my money on Oppenheimer, but i I'd just putting that out there. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: <laughs> yeah. Andrew, Andrew, what do you think? I mean, if you're going to give American fiction anything, this may be where it has a shot. Yeah. I'm not
3: really sure. This, to me, of, of, like, the, you know, major categories, like the big eight categories, this one's the hardest for me to call. I mean, Oppenheimer makes sense because, like you're saying, like, that matches up a lot. Um, But this is also a place where they've awarded movies like it's almost like their de facto best picture award. Like if you think about like Belfast when that one original screenplay, I know there's adapted, but like the screenplay categories, it feels like it's becoming more about like, Oh, this is a place for me to like stick, like single out this movie, which is, would make sense for Barbie because Barbie's not going to win, probably not going to win best picture. It didn't really get a lot of other major nominations. Like that feels like a great place for it. But then, American fiction won the BAFTA in this category. So, right. and again, that, that is a, that is a much more, a, a Mer- I mean, it's, it's right in the title. I mean, that is an American movie. And for that to win the BAFTA, like that shows that like a lot of people are really uh, respectful of that screenplay. So I tend to lean American fiction. Um, we're not going to get the, the sort of signal from, from WGA to change my mind because their awards are a month later, but I don't know. I feel like I'm going to change my mind a bunch of times on this. Maybe I'll ultimately go with Barbie or Oppenheimer, but right now I'm leaning towards American fiction.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's move on and talk about cinematography. Nominees here. Um, Maestro, Poor Things, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and El Conde. Um, Gotta be Oppenheimer, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. All right. That's settled. All right, let's move on. Um Best Original Score. We've got uh American fiction, uh Indiana Jones Medial of Destiny, John Williams nomination mm-hmm. for his why, he says why his final not? movie. Uh is that an original score? I thought it was the same score from the other ones, but whatever. Killers uh, <laughs> of so the Flower Moon, uh, Oppenheimer, Ludwig Göransson, and then Four Things. Um, okay, John Williams is nominated I in this category. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yeah, Oppenheimer's Oppenheimer's going to win this. Ludwig Göransson, but I'm going yeah. to go out on a limb and say Ludwig Göransson is the next John Williams. How about that? Um, yeah, okay. I wouldn't disagree though that Oppenheimer to win.
3: I, I mean, I oh, it's yeah. won everything so far. I feel like it's definitely going to win. Oh. I'd love to see Killers yeah. of the Flower Moon win. Ro- Robbie Robertson, posthumous nomination uh,
2: from the band. Oh, but
3: yeah. I, I think it's going to be Oppenheimer. Yeah.
2: I got to say, when I left the theater, the first time I saw it in the theaters, I think I saw it three times in the theaters, um, that's one of the first things that struck me is, is was the score. I mean, I left the theater after Oppenheimer.
1: Yeah. I was like,
2: wow. Like, that oh, score yeah. was...
0: It's
1: perfect. And as the score really matches oh, yeah. the movie so well, too. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh. Yes.
1: All right. Um, move on. Best original song, um, The Fire Inside from Flaming Hot, Diane Warren. Uh, I'm Just Ken <laughs> from Barbie with uh, Mark Bronson. Uh, it Never Went Away from American Symphony, John Batiste. Um, uh, I can't even pronounce the, pronounce it right, but a song from my people from Killers of the Flower Moon, and then What Was I Made For from Barbie, Billie Eilish. Um, well, Billie Eilish won the Grammy for this song, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, got, she's going to win her second Oscar, what, by age 23 or something? Is that it? Yep. Um, yep. Anyone disagree there? No, and honestly, I talk about a,
2: a musical aspect fitting its movie. I mean that song I think really encapsulates. I hate entire that song,
0: movie. <laughs> I don't like it.
1: <laughs> That's a hot take. I, like
0: I, I know. Wow. Sorry. I like I What am would Ken. you vote
1: for, Kit? you vote for I'm just Ken? Okay. Fine. Um Yeah. Going on the list I have in front of me here. Best sound. Alright, maybe we've got the creator Maestro, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, which I thought was the most underrated movie of the year, maybe. I don't know why people didn't see that (laughs) as much. Um, Oppenheimer and Zone of Interest. Uh, Best sound. Anyone want to take a pick? Well,
2: it
3: has to
0: be Oppenheimer, right?
2: Yeah, I mean. I mean,
3: I think Oppenheimer's the favorite, but I think zone of interest should win. I mean, the sound in that movie is almost a character unto itself. Yeah. Um, like that. the sound design know. in that movie is so important that, I mean, yeah. I think it's probably, I'd go like 60, 40 Oppenheimer, but like this could be one of the technical categories where it gets upset. And I think zone of interest hmm. can do it. I do not actually see like, zone of interest, wait, so, so wait, are you
0: like hearing all the horrors going on on the other side, basically?
3: Yeah, exactly. Am I the only one who's seen this movie? Yeah, that's, that, that's what's going that. on. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah like, I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan Glazer has described it as it's like two movies. It's the movie you see and the movie you hear. So like, you don't see oh, any God. of the atrocities being committed, but you hear them the whole time. Uh, so it's it's really interesting the way that they did the sound in it. Oh. Um, so yeah, but then, then Oppenheimer's more than the just like full-on technical sound achievement of the Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like if this was back when it was best sound editing versus best sound mixing, I could see mixing going to Oppenheimer and editing going to um, Mm. Zone of Interest because they created all of those sounds for it. But since it's combined, it's like it's like murkier to me.
1: Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I'm probably just going to go play it safe with Oppenheimer, but I, I can certainly see uh, certainly see the case for Zone of Interest. What's interesting is they always uh, say
3: bullets are what wins, and Mission Impossible has the most bullets of any. Well, maybe Creator has the most bullets in any of
1: these movies.
2: Right? Yeah.
3: Um, but yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I I don't know if I saw
1: the Creator. I don't know if I did. 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 It, it, was, great.
3: It, it, it was. It was. It was. <laughs> Uh, But Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, just speaking of that, where's the Oscar nomination for Isai Morales in that movie? He was fantastic. He was good. God, I loved
0: that movie. It was
3: great to see him back. That was supposed to be Nicholas Holt, and then they went Isai Morales.
1: I think they made the right choice. Did
0: they? Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting.
1: All right, let's move on. Uh, best production design. This used to go to period pieces. It started going to more like war movies, action movies. So not now who knows? Um, nominees this year, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Um, this one I think is a little more wide open. Gary um, well, called right. it a period piece, well, Poor so. Things. Uh, has a shot. Barbie with his just, you know, Barbie dream house world. Um, maybe they've got, they might be the favorite. Um, I'm not sure, Kit. I'll go to you first.
0: Because <laughs> I'm already talking about it. You know, I think I talked about this in the previous podcast when we were predicting what was going to get nominated. I feel like costume design and production design is a two horse race between core things Barbie, in my opinion. Uh, but my, for me, I think hands down poor things is going to win production design. I mean that the whole yeah, thing so. to that thing is just, it's fantastic. Just, you know, from the house to that cruise, to that boat where they were on, I mean, all of it's just fantastic. So I definitely think poor things is going to win that.
2: Joel, what do you think? Well, when
0: we talk costumes. I'll tell you my idea on the costumes. <laughs> uh,
2: I, I think, I think it's, it's Barbie. Um, Simply for the fact that, like, envisioning this world and then bringing it to life, I think was just a a stroke of genius with what they did with Barbie. And uh, I agree, Poor Things is very uh, production design savvy in what it did. But I just feel like, um, I just think what they did with the the Barbie land and and how it popped in it, it could have been very... Stereotypical, like what you would expect, but it, it was, but it wasn't. And I don't know. I just think this is a, a, another chance to award the film in, in this category.
1: Well, you know, if Emma Stone doesn't win best actress, you know, maybe this is all it wins. I, I don't know. But um, Andrew, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, we're, you know, into the craft categories. It feels like it's going to be poor things versus Barbie for a lot of them. Uh the poor things won the BAFTA, won the art it beat Barbie and the art director's guild for fantasy. So I think it has a major edge here, so I, I would I would stick with poor things here.
1: You know, as clever as, as like the Barbie Dream House was and then the Ken Mojo Dojo what was it, Casa <laughs> House or whatever the hell that thing was. It did just seem uh, a little fake. I mean, I know it was supposed to be fake too, but the four the things world did seem a little bit more, um, it seemed a little more impressive to me. I'd probably bet on poor things here, to be honest, but, um, I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a shoo-in by any means. Um, all right, Kit, you want to talk about costumes, so we'll go right to costume. Um, <laughs> nominees here. Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, poor things. Um, okay, I'll go right to you on costume. What do you think?
0: Well, that's the, see, that's my thing. Now, I think costumes and Barbie was just amazing. I mean, they not only had to, you know, just dress everybody up in the whole Barbie look and feel, but you had the weird Barbie. You had the, each time they went to a different place to get from Barbie land to the real world, they had to be in new costumes. I mean, they were just it was so great and so many great costumes in that Uh, and poor things had great costumes too, but um, you know, they were a little more esoteric and kind of, I don't know. I just feel like there was more effort and, and, and whatnot put into the clothes for Barbie than anything else uh, as far as its aesthetic. So for me, Barbie's going to win costume.
1: Yeah. You know, it used to be, again, um, costume always went to period pieces as well. And then, we started seeing a little more creativity in that category. Um, last year, actually, Wakanda Forever won, Cruella won, Black Panther won, uh, Mad Max won, Fury Road a few years ago. So we're seeing a little bit more, more uniqueness here in, in recent years. But, um, Andrew, what do you think for, for a costume?
3: Yeah, again it's Poor Things versus Barbie. They they actually split the costume to get designer's guild awards because they were in Poor Things I think was like period and Barbie was more fantasy in that one. Poor Things won the BAFTA. Uh I I I kind of lean Barbie. Uh, I I just think that they're going to want to give it some of these things, so but yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is this is kind of 50/50 for me. It's definitely between those two movies, though.
0: So. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Joel, uh, what do you think?
2: I, think, I mean, I don't, I don't think they show. Well, I guess they do show a little bit, but I think that, that, that clip of just when Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are going from the Barbie world to the real world, and they have all those quick changes and they're, they're skiing and the, whatever. They're doing all these different things. I mean, the costumes that had to be created just for that 45 seconds of uh, film uh I think speaks volumes to why I think Barbie's gonna win. Um, all yeah. the costumes they had to create. I just I think you know, if they had if they showed clips before each nominee for this category, they would just show that bit and everyone'd be like, Yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's gonna win. That's my thought.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be Barbie, too. Also, just keep in mind that the nominee for Barbie is Jacqueline Duran, who has won oh,
0: yeah. three
1: times. Sorry, she's won uh, before for Anna Karenina and Little Women, actually another Greta Gerwig movie. And then she's been nominated nine times um, before, mostly for period pieces, actually. Um, she's been nominated for uh, Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, Mr. Turner, Beauty and the Beast, Cyrano, um so Barbie's kind of actually kind of stepping out of her comfort zone if you think about it. Um but uh I think costume's really Yeah, I, I think you gotta go costume to Barbie. I'm with you there. So that that would be my pick.
0: So all
1: right, I'll we go from costume then. to what's that?
2: I said okay then.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> we go from costume to makeup and hairstyling. Um Nominees here: Golda, um, the Gold of My Ear movie, Maestro, uh, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Society of the Snow. Did any of you guys see Society of the Snow? Yeah.
0: I did. No. It's good. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, the Gold Gold Derby favorite is actually Maestro for that um, for the nose, for the <laughs> Leonard Bernstein nose, I guess. Yep. But I don't know. I feel like there yep. might be some backlash backlash for that. Um, uh, Kit, what do you think? Again, i get you for makeup and hairstyling.
0: Um, I'm leaning towards Maestro just because of the nose, and also, you know, I mean, they aged they aged him interestingly, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of how Leonard aged and, you know, having too, too many too much sun, you know, and the hair and everything. So, I feel like I feel like that's probably going to win for that.
1: Yeah, uh, Joel, what do you think for?
2: Yeah, I think,
1: hairstyling?
2: you know there's, there's a, a film that is some that you know is a is such a, a transformative uh, thing that is really done in makeup and hairstyling. And I think that's maestro, and I think that that that's why it, I think it's going to win. Although I I just watched Golda the other night and. Uh, I mean, in my household, Golden My Year was like, goddess. She could do no wrong. So I was exposed to her a lot. And then when Helen Mirren came on and I just saw her, I just was like, wow, they really did an amazing job with her. But the thing is, I don't really think many people saw it. So I, I think it's mm-hmm. definitely my story.
1: Yeah, interestingly enough, the, the man who's nominated for makeup um, and hairstyling for – um uh Maestro is Kazu Hero, who also won for Darkest Hour uh for what he did yeah. with um, Gary Oldman in uh in that movie. Mm. And then Bombshell. Mm. He, he won for that two years later. Um and now he's oh, on the, again for, for Maestro. He was also nominated for Norbit. Remember that one? <laughs> and oh, uh cl- and Click, the uh, Adam Sandler movie. I didn't realize that got a makeup nomination back in the day. But Andrew, what do you think?
3: I think it's going to be poor things. Uh, you know, I mean, Willem Dafoe's face in that for sure was, was, sure. was pretty incredible. Um, and, you know, this is also makeup and hairstyling. You think about what they did with Emma Stone's hair throughout it. Um, yeah, that's, that's sort of, that, that's where I am leaning here. Um I'm kind of surprised that Barbie didn't get nominated in this category. Um, hmm. uh, like, I'm actually like really surprised by that. But uh, I think with that not there, yeah, I mean, you know, Oppenheimer, some old people stuff like Maestro, whatever. I <laughs> think you know, they do all that stuff throughout the movie. But I, I think like Poor Things just has like kind of the most going on, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean that way.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go Maestro. I think you guys are right. So. That'll that'll be the one Oscar it wins. Um, mm. All right, let's move on. Uh, Film editing nominees here: Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Okay, so one of my first rules of film editing is you can't win a film editing award if your movie's three and a half hours. So then what editing was there? So immediately, I don't see how Killers of the Flower Moon should be nominated. But uh, uh, I don't think there was any Three idea. hours, <laughs> yeah. Oppenheimer is three hours, um, but I got to say that movie moves. That movie, you yeah. never want to sit down. Yeah. Um, although I know editing must be a big part of Anatomy of a Fall, you know, in, in unraveling that mystery. So. Maybe between those two, but I gotta think, you know, there's usually a correlation between editing and picture, although that that hasn't always been the case in recent years, but I gotta think Oppenheimer, right? Uh Andrew, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think Oppenheimer. Anatomy of the Fall is definitely like the
3: spoiler, like you mentioned that, but yeah, I mean it's funny because you say like if a movie's three plus hours, it can't possibly win. But exactly what you said, like Oppenheimer is so it's three hours and it is it feels like ninety minutes. It is so fast-paced. I was actually watching Mm -hmm. it with my wife uh, the other night. She hadn't seen it in the theater. And, you know, after the first hour, she's like, I can't believe how fast this moves. And, yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. to me, the thing about it. And, like, a lot of that is achieved with editing and, like, all the, like, especially, like, early when they do a lot of, like, the intercuts between, like, the quantum world that he's obsessed with and everything like that. Like, it almost felt like, I don't know, like a, like an Oliver Stone movie for, for like the first hour or so, like all the, the quick edits that they did. Um, yeah, I mean, I think to make a three hour movie feel like a tight 90 minute film, like that is, I think it definitely deserves the win.
1: Yeah. Even just that scene at the end with Albert Einstein, just like, yeah, uh, that, I, I loved yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually Good the script felt a little Sorkin-esque if you will, dare I say, but, um, all right. Anyone disagree with Oppenheimer then for film editing? No. Nope. Okay. Um, just going next on my list: uh, visual effects. All right. This this is one of the more interesting ones because you've got like no best picture favorites at all in this one. Um, the creator, Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One, and Napoleon all nominated for best visual effects. I do want to just say. Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. Volume Three, probably the the third best of the of the volumes. You can, can agree on that, oh, yeah um, But uh, I don't know, Joel. I'll start with you. Visual effects. What do you think?
2: Uh, I think I think it's going to be Godzilla minus one. Uh, I I think that maybe all the other ones kind of cancel each other out. But I mean, the the visual effects in that movie was. So intense and yet um which i think it, the academy could be proud of awarding is that the movie actually attacks an incredibly emotional punch um so it's got an amazing effect but it also hits you in the gut and uh, i think you know that's just those are some stunning effects if you can achieve an emotional connection to something that doesn't exist um I think yeah, that, that, that's that's that's. I would put money on Godzilla minus one. I'm so sure about this.
1: Yeah, Andrew, you know, I, I didn't see Godzilla minus one, but every now and then my Facebook feed, is, uh, every two or three weeks, someone writes like, "Oh my gosh, just saw Godzilla minus right. one. It was amazing." So there must be something yeah. to it, right? Yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah. Um, and as great as Mission Impossible was, it's like the, the ninth Mission Impossible movie, and. Maybe, all right, and there's not going to be visual effects. So. Any, anyone disagree with Joel? Yes, I, no,
0: I agree with
1: so Joel. Yeah, the,
3: the, the creator won the Visual Effects Society Award, uh, which I thought was interesting. Poor Things actually won the BAFTA, which is even more interesting to me. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Like, I think that it's like, this movie has definitely hit like a cultural zeitgeist point, and I think that no, I, I think I'm pretty sure this is the first nomination ever for a Godzilla movie, um, at least like the original like Japanese production Godzilla movie sort of long running franchise, and I think it'd be great to for them to honor that here. So I, yeah, I, I yeah. give the edge to Godzilla, but. I think it's either going to be that or the creator. Again, like, I don't know that anyone saw the creator, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't
1: think anyone saw the creator. <laughs> so, um, and, again, you used to have to see all these movies to, to vote in each category, but now you don't have to have seen any of them. So um, you can still vote in them. So. All right, let's move on and talk about best animated feature film. Uh, so the nominees here are um, – the Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams, and Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Um it's gotta be Spider Man, right? Uh, yeah. Think, no. But, no. Hey, I, I no. no. no? think Boy, boy
2: in the, the boy and the I Heron.
1: The boy and the Heron? I think it's the boy I, and I the Heron. Yeah, I think that's you your do. lock. So yeah, I mean
3: Go? the producers the the producer skill doesn't yeah. come out yet, but Boy and the Heron's been winning everything in this category. Yeah,
2: that's why I feel like it's. Yeah, I I don't use the word lot very loosely, won but. Award. Yes, and and, and, and yeah, the first one already won. won yeah. The
0: award. yeah. Yeah. And this one was good, but it's kind of more of the same. Mm-hmm. you, how can you bet against? What? How you say those Japanese animator guys. Miyazaki. Walking? Miyazaki. Miyazaki. I mean, M- Miyazaki. When he won. When he won. When that when Spirited Away won, I will never forget how shocked I was. I'm like, "What? What is this movie?" And then I went, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> well, I finally saw it. <laughs>
1: Spirited Away was. But I did. Twenty three years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, yep. You think it's a lot, because Gold Derby still has Spider Man as a favorite.
0: Yeah.
3: I
1: don't. Think. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a lock. I, I think we'll know more when the
3: Producers Guild gets announced tonight, or is that tonight or next week? Um, tonight. But uh, yeah, tonight. So yeah, well, I mean, it, I think if it wins Animated Feature from the PGA, like okay, like it feels like a done deal. But if Spider Man does, then it's going to get really interesting. But I, I think that it's the favorite right now. Uh,
1: I'm looking who won the, the Annie Award. That was um, Spider Man won the Annie Award. Oh, just pointing that out. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, I don't
3: think either one is a lock. Um, I'd say Boy and the Heron's a favorite, but uh, yeah, I think this is an interesting category.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe this will determine who wins the pool. Um, All right. Let's move on. Best international feature film. The nominees here from Italy: Lo Capitano. Uh, from Japan, Perfect Days, from Spain, Society of, a, of the Snow, from Germany, the Teacher's Lounge, and from the United Kingdom, I guess technically United Kingdom, okay, Zone of Interest. Um, I got to think if you're nominated for Best Picture, you're the only one of these <laughs> nominated for Best Picture, you, you, you'd have to think it's Zone of Interest, but I have heard some late buzz on Society of the Snow. Uh, anyone want to jump in here and make a no, pick? No,
0: it's going to be Zone of Interest.
1: I, I've i seen both, and I think
2: Zone of Interest is going to win, but um, Society of the Snow has kind of quietly been like, oh, you haven't seen that yet? Oh, you've got to see it. Plus, it's on Netflix, so a lot of people can see it. Um, but I still think it's going to be Zone of Interest. I mean, yeah, I just think I yeah, can't see I I,
3: I, just, I think... I think it has to be zone of interest. I mean, we've seen it a, a few times where it gets a Best Picture nomination and a Best Director nomination, and then it's right. like a slam dunk for, like, like uh, another round was like that with Thomas Winterberg. Um Parasite was obviously like, but did Parasite win international? That won that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did, it did. yeah, and, I mean, no, obviously that so, won Best Picture right, right, overall. Car, it
1: just right.
3: Yeah, Drive My Definitely Car is movies. another one of those. Like it's almost like they sort of like, you know, show their hand by the by the other nominations. Um but yeah, I mean this is like a loaded category with Jay Bayona and, and Bim Benders uh coming back with perfect days from Japan. I mean this is just like a very loaded category this year that I feel like a lot of those could win, but I, I don't see how you could not vote for zone of interest here. I mean that was a a brilliant, brilliant movie. Yeah.
1: Uh, if you if you want to take a chance in your pool, take a chance with Spider snow. But if you want if you want the safer, I'd go with Zone of Interest. All right, uh, best documentary feature. Then we'll get to the shorts, and then we'll finish up with the Razzies. Um, documentary <laughs> feature film: Bobby Wine, The People's President, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, and Twenty Days in Maripol. Um, You got to think Twenty Days in MariPol is is what's getting all the buzz with especially the Ukraine war being a hot topic. Anyone want to disagree with that? No.
3: No. No, it's one pretty much every precursor, so I think it's a lock.
1: Okay. Uh, let's go to documentary short subject. Uh, the ABCs of Book Banning, The Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, The Last Repair Shop, and Nai Nai and Waipo. I might have that pronounced wrong, but... The Gold Derby favorite is um uh, of a book banning. Um, if we're going political, you've you got to think that's the favorite. But any, anyone have a different one on the radar? Yeah. I mean, I agree. i had to bring up the, the theory that
3: we have every year, which is in this category, the movie with the best title is going to win. Um, I mean, I think we all remember Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405, where we were like, oh, well, that has mm-hmm. to win at that title yeah. uh, and ABC's the book banning is i mean it's a great title it's like straight to the point it feels important It's like yeah. <laughs> like you said people don't have to see these anymore so it's like i just feel like that's the way that they vote
1: yeah yeah i'm with you yeah. andrew i agree um you literally know what it is from the title okay best live action short film um nominees here the after invincible night of fortune red white and blue and the wonderful story of henry sugar um wes anderson has been nominated for eight oscars never won i would have never guessed this is where he'd win his first but it might be you got (laughs) to think you got to think this is where he'd win his first anyone anyone disagree for the wonderful story of henry sugar Mm. no
3: yeah I mean, it's great to finally get Wes Anderson an Oscar, uh, so I think it has to be here. But, I mean, I will point out that every year we say anything that has, like, a famous person in it is going to win. And, right. uh, the after as David Oyelowo and red, white, and blue has Britney Snow. So, like, there are multiple things with famous people in them for once. But then, you know, I mean, Mary Sugar and Cumberbatch and Wes Anderson and Netflix and Roald Dahl, like, it just, it has every, it has much more going for it in that regard.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, best Animated Short. A Letter to a Pig. Um, you've got 95 Senses, Our Uniform, uh, pachyderm, <clears throat> War is Over, Inspired by the Music of John and Yoko. Those are your nominees. Um, okay, Best Title. It definitely, letter to a pig, which is the favorite on Gold Derby, <laughs> followed by War Is Over, inspired <laughs> by, by the music of John and Yoko. But I don't know anybody about any of these movies. So, what do you guys think? War, War is, with the War, is won, War is over one.
3: War is over one the Annie. So there's that. Mm, okay. But I also I, I don't think any of these other movies were nominated for the Annie. Uh, no, so it's kind of hard to. to Compare them if neither of the other ones are even nominated. But yeah, I know "Letter to a Pig" is like kind of a favorite. But like sometimes I feel like you know it's like the Kobe animated short. Like it's it's associated with John Lennon and Yoko Ono. It just feels like maybe that's where people will go.
0: Yeah. It might
1: be. It might be. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you might be right, Andrew. I think I think it might go Beatles here. Yeah. And I will say the, the one with the best uh, title last year was, was my year of Dicks and that did not actually win. So.
0: no right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that did not actually win. So, um, all right. Uh, so that is it for Oscars. There's no best casting award this year. Um, that, that doesn't come into play until 2026. So, um, Real quick, I, I want to make a bold prediction. I know we don't pick our uh, 2025 Oscars till next year, but I'm going to make a bold prediction. Dune 2 will be nominated next year. Anyone disagree? Yes.
0: Nope. <laughs> okay. I do not disagree. Right. <laughs>
1: probably a good thing for Oppenheimer didn't even get nominated this year, um, which it was supposed to come out this year, but or this past oh, year. Yeah. But, that that uh, would have nominate... been – think about what that
3: showdown would have been across every single yeah. category – Oh, that would have been that would that would have been one of the best Oscar showdowns ever. But now they each get
1: their own ears. Cool. All right, Razzie nominees: Worst Picture, The Exorcist, Believer, Expendables Four, Meg Two, The Trench, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. I didn't see any movies that's Kit, Joel. <laughs> I don't know if you saw them. Uh, I'm surprised Ghosted did not get nominated with um, Chris Evans and uh, uh, Anna De Armas. I thought that was that was a shoe in. I thought, but um, <laughs> any thoughts here?
0: Well, I've only uh, seen the I've seen The Exorcist, which was awful, and I've seen Meg too, which was <laughs> I mean, come on, it's supposed to be awful. So I was I was okay with it just because you know the first one wasn't. By any stretch, so I, I was all right with it. But uh, the other ones I haven't seen. So
2: <laughs> I think, yeah, I've, Shazam is pretty bad.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I um, forgot I saw Shazam. Yeah,
2: that's not good Yeah, that that was like. I mean, I was a captive audience. I mean, I it was on the the brand new Cedar Sinai, uh, movies on demand uh, when I was in the hospital back in September, and uh, <laughs> I I was. I was on a spinal lock, and so I couldn't move. And Shazam was on, and I just like all I wanted was to call the nurse, and they thought it was an emergency. And I was just like, no, I need the remote. And they was just like, oh, you know, I like this movie. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Like I even had trouble getting through it, being on heavily sedated, uh, locked with the spine tied to the table, so I couldn't move. And Shazam was there, and I just I thought to me that was my own version you know I mean? of 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 hell. I was just like, oh, this is the worst. So, I don't know. Maybe it's my own personal vote. But, um, yeah, I feel like they they also don't resist the idea of giving it to a, a big uh, superhero franchise.
1: Yeah. There was the elementary school. Wasn't there an elementary school in Florida that, that put on Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey, not knowing it was a it was a horror film. <laughs> oh, it got some headlines. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I
3: wonder if I mean, I, I, I I think what's nice is, like, this is, like, the first year in a while where there isn't just some, like, ridiculous political movie that's nominated. Mm. Like, this feels more like the spirit of it, where it's, like, this is just, like, really bad narrative feature films. But, like, I wonder if the sort of, like, Dinesh D'Souza um, slot is going to start to be taken by these public domain IP horror movies that, like, like Mm -hmm. they've already said that there's going to be a – a Mickey Mouse one this year? Like, is, is that going to be the new right. crazy political movie who's going to be replaced by the terrible public domain IP horror, horror movie? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I I do think Chris Evans and uh, Anita Armas are both going to win Worst Actor and Actress for Ghosted. I, I think that'll happen.
0: Um, yeah, probably.
1: But, um, you know, it's interesting. Jennifer Lopez is nominated for The Mother. And um, someone, I heard this on a podcast, you know, The Mother, the number of people who watched that on Netflix, if you can look at the hours of people who listened to it, that was like more people, more hours reviewed of The Mother than a Barbie in the theater. It's amazing if you think about it. And, wow. Um, you know I, don't know, I don't know anyone who actually watched The Mother personally, or no one told me they saw it. So um, it was fascinating when Netflix put out that. So fast. <laughs> Um. All right, any any other Razzie picks I, I see here. Um, these aren't all that interesting, to be honest. Some of these Razzie nominations.
2: Well, I like I like in that Jennifer Lopez category the fact that the great Helen Mirren is nominated, of course, for Shazam yeah. too. Um, so again, <laughs> I love I love Dame Helen, but I I would just give it to her. Because I think she knew how horrible you know, it
1: was. Helen Mirren. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Selma Hayek nominated for Magic Mike's Last Dance. Oh, so, uh, about that. I didn't. I didn't see that one either. But, um, I didn't either. I was. I was
3: very interested in because I would never heard of John Voigt and Mercy. Never heard of that in my entire <laughs> life. Here's the log line. A doctor and former military officer finds himself in a deadly battle for survival when the Irish mob takes control of the hospital where she works and her son is oh. taken hostage. Now that sounds good. Like that, that's solid. So I think it should be taken out of the razzie because that's got to be pretty good. And then you have Mel Gibson and something called confidential informant, which doesn't even have a log line on this Wikipedia page. So. Yeah, I it's saw just that great on to see those Instagram top part. level movie stars making these.
1: I I didn't even know, I'd never heard of that movie. I didn't know it came out, um, oh, I don't know where it was released. Um, I looked, it apparently got a 0% on rotten com, but only even reviewed by 11 critics. So, <laughs> um, that that one totally flew under the radar. His co-star for that movie was Kate Bosworth. Um, so, that in case you're wondering what she's up to these mm-hmm. days, um, she's making movies with Mel Gibson, which you know used to be a good thing to do movies with Mel Gibson a long time ago. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, he anyway. had that
3: streak of every movie made a hundred million dollars that he was in, and then obviously
2: other things happened.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Well, that that will do it. Um, Oscars are March 10th. We'll be we'll be back on to, to recap the show after it airs and show talk about how wrong we were about all these these picks. So <laughs> we'll we'll talk about how how totally shocked we are that *Past Lives* winds up winning Best Picture. Um, so for
0: have you sent out going, have you sent out your pool sent out your pool
1: yet, Phil? Yeah yeah I sent out the poll email I sent out the poll email I'll send out an, uh, a, a couple of reminders
0: for sure. You didn't get you're, it? For, you're, you're, oh. Nope, you're you're leaving me off buddy. I never win. So. No, you're
1: you're definitely not left off. I will I will <laughs> resend it. We'll resend it. Um all right, so for Kit Bowen, Joel Hemos, Andrew Payne, I'm Phil Wallace. Signing off. Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone. Goodbye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.